Let Them Lead is a podcast about the risks and rewards of leading today. Your host is John Bacon, author of the book, Let Them Lead, Unexpected Lessons in Leadership from America's Worst High School Hockey Team, which led to this podcast. On Let Them Lead, John talks to remarkable leaders from every field imaginable. Automotive, computers, food service, media, education, and athletics, just to name a few. And they share their hard-won wisdom, amazing stories, and a few laughs. You'll also learn a few things you can use tomorrow, and things you can think about the rest of your life. John always finishes with three takeaways and a discussion of their favorite teacher. In the words of John's fifth grade teacher, Mr. Puddock, it's fast, it's fun, and we get it done. So please join us for an entertaining and inspiring discussion. You'll be glad you did. You can subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please feel free to leave your comments about any and all of the podcast episodes. And by all means, spread the word. That's how the word gets spread. And now here's our latest episode of Let Them Lead, presented by your host, John U. Bacon. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Let Them Lead, a podcast about the risks and rewards of leading today. I'm John U. Bacon, the author of Let Them Lead, Unexpected Lessons in Leadership from America's Worst High School Hockey Team, and I'm very pleased to report that it's now burning through its second printing after two years. So I appreciate you guys buying it and passing on the word. Uh, Today, something a little different, uh, a eulogy for one of my greatest mentors, role models, friends, Ross Childs, who passed away a year ago, and we gave his eulogy um, six months ago in Traverse City, and I'll dive right into it. Ross was born and raised in Owen Sound, Ontario, on the Georgian Bay, grew up, of course, playing hockey, and a very good goalie who was recruited by the University of Michigan. He played there, and his junior year, he had the national record for the lowest goals against average, but they took it away from him when they discovered he'd played 24 games and two periods and not the requisite 25 games. So a bad break for Ross, but he took it in good stride. And his senior year, despite being apparently the best goalie in college hockey the year before, he volunteered to play forward because that's what the team needed and he could skate better than the backup goalie. In his first shift, he scores a goal and thinks it's not that hard. And he never scored another one, but he still helped the team out. And that's the kind of guy Ross was. Ross married the lovely Helen Randall, also from Owen Sound, Ontario. She was a year older. She was taller. And none of that daunted Ross. And they had a fantastic marriage for decades. Uh, They had three children, Mary, and then Scott, and then Susan. And I'll talk about those three kids in a little bit. Uh, Ross was an engineer by trade at Michigan while a goalie. That's a very hard trick to do. But he got into government. And when it comes to politics, I've always prided myself on being a stubborn independent. And Ross was stubborn. But he was an excellent administrator. He believed in good government, transparency, fiscal responsibility, raising and spending money for the greater good. And Ross could work with almost anyone. And at his funeral, everyone talked about that. In 1985, Ross was uh, named the Michigan Civil Servant of the Year for the entire state, having been an administrator at both Washtenaw County in Ann Arbor and Grand Traverse County in Traverse City. I would have voted for Ross for any office at any time. I got to know Ross because he's Scott's dad, my best friend growing up. He was also the best coach I ever had, the first coach I ever had. He taught us a very simple concept. You don't hook or trip your opponent. You take two more steps and you hit him cleanly and legally. So I grew up thinking that hockey was a noble pursuit. And that is not exactly, I learned later on, of course, our reputation as a sport. And Helen, of course, was central to that as well. They both ran the Ann Arbor Amateur Hockey Association for about a decade while raising three kids and having careers, of course. When they retired, 
1976, because Ross and the family was moving to Traverse City to take on his new job, he received not one, not two, not three, but four consecutive standing ovations at the Pioneer High School Auditorium. I had never seen anything like that before, nor since, and that made an impression on me, a 12-year-old kid. Now let's talk about their kids. Mary was born, as I said, paraplegic and mentally challenged. She spent her entire life in a wheelchair, uh, which was always warm and friendly, and she knew she was loved, and they took amazing care of her. I always enjoyed my talks with Mary, who was quick to laugh. Susan uh, is the youngest child, um, born nine years after Scott and I. Um, Scott, um, the middle child, was the golden boy, who was good at uh, baseball and hockey and played a central in church and in his band, also a very good drummer. Um, Susan, in 1977, uh, was up at their parents' place in Owen Sound, Ontario, when Helen Childs, the mom, was tying Mary's shoes in her wheelchair, and Susan, four years old, darted across the rural route, uh, was hit by a car and flown many feet, and was not expected to survive the night. But after many operations, she's living a full and productive life. She ended up being in the Traverse City High School marching band. She married a great guy. She is now teaching in Ludington, Michigan, the lovely teenage girl herself. Two years later, Scott and I had a bet about who could make our high school varsity teams first. We were in 10th grade by then. But by then, Scott had a lot of interest outside of hockey, including his band, his choir, his church, and coaching a peewee hockey team. When Ross confronted Scott about missing church one Sunday to coach his peewee hockey team, Ross said, you need to get your priorities in order. And Scott calmly replied with great self-possession, don't worry about me. I have my priorities in order. Ross enjoyed repeating that over the years. This, again, was a very rare young man. In contrast to Scott, I had a monomaniacal focus on one thing, and that's making the Huron High School hockey team, going so far as to run cross-country that fall just to make sure I was in great shape for the tryouts. But in a plot twist, I made my high school hockey team before Scott made his. The day we had our first pep rally, when I was wearing my knee-length jersey for the first time in Huron's gym, Pete Reed, a mutual friend of the Childs and the Bacons, told me the unbelievable news. Scott had died the previous night in a car accident. I can still recall just about every minute of that day. What happened was, on a Thursday, December 13th, 1979, for the first time, Ross did not drive his son home from their hockey practice, the team that he was coaching, and let a new kid who had just had his license for two weeks take Scott back and some other buddies. And apparently, he was screwing around on the icy roads and lost control, and the car hit a tree on the side. Scott was in the back seat, passenger side, and was killed instantly, the only person seriously injured. Truly tragic. A few years later, I started corresponding with Helen, and I've saved those letters, but we never seemed to be able to meet in person. I think it was simply too hard for them. Scott and I were best friends, and we were supposed to be roommates at Michigan the whole bit. So seeing me, of course, was very difficult. But finally, in 1995, I was in Traverse City, for my tryout story for the Detroit News about Traverse City starting a second public high school, Traverse City West, it would turn out. I had numerous interviews in the county building where Ross worked, so I figured instead of surprising him, I would call them first. I had no idea what to expect, but Helen was welcoming and upbeat, and I met them for dessert that night, 16 years after Scott's passing. That night for me was cathartic and restarted our friendship with frequent calls and visits, which lasted another quarter century. That friendship has been one of the most important in my life. Years later, when I was coaching the Annabelle Huron High School River Rats hockey team, that's, of course, the subject of the book, 
By our third year, I knew that we were good enough, and not until then, to go to Traverse City to play in a tournament up there. It was a good time for a year for it. It was Thanksgiving. But the reason I took the team up there was Ross. I wanted him to see what we had done. The players already knew about Scott. Huron still has a trophy we award each year in Scott's name for team spirit. And it's my job, as I see it, to make sure that no jerks ever win it. And so far, no jerks have. All great kids. And they all knew about Ross, too, and his impact on me. Ross spoke to the team afterward. And when he started saying some of the same things I'd been saying for years about you don't trip them, you don't hook them, you take two more strides and you hit them clean. Players looked at Ross, and they looked at me, and they looked at Ross, and they realized that their coach was a fraud. I've been stealing all my stuff from Ross the whole time. I was busted. They knew where it all had come from. But hey, it worked, and it still works. Ross started the Traverse City High School Hockey Program. Traverse City Central has since won a state title, and Traverse City West has come close. Just a few years ago, I invited Ross to come see the Traverse City Central versus West hockey game, Packed House, and I couldn't resist pointing to him and a crowd full of rabid fans watching two ranked teams that he had started all of this. The ripples of of Ross's work in Ann Arbor and Traverse City and through Rotary worldwide are impossible to calculate. Ross often told me, they say God only gives you what you can handle. Well, this is it. It would have been easy for him after his daughter was born paraplegic, his other daughter was hit by a car and supposed to die but did not, and Scott did die in a car accident to shut down and turn his back to the world. Instead, Ross Childs found meaning and purpose in his work in the Rotary Clubs internationally, which he traveled often, in hockey, and with his family. Ralph Williams, the beloved professor of Shakespeare at the University of Michigan, said, and I wrote it down several times, happiness is not a state into which one falls. It is a choice of the will and always against the odds. I love that. Ross's greatest triumph, in my view, was the willpower to find happiness in life, despite the incredible tragedies he and Helen had to endure. And I believe he knew he had to. He was going to be of service to others, and that was the whole point of Ross's life. And you simply cannot find another man who served others so well. In hindsight, what amazes me the most is how a man from whom so much had been taken found the time, the energy, the compassion, and the spirit to give so much to others. The values that Ross demonstrated daily, hard work, integrity, selflessness, and love, were infused in Scott and through Helen and Scott to me. And from me to all those that I've worked with, teaching and coaching, and then of course to countless others. I've relied on those values when I coach, when I teach, and when I write, including my current book on coaching here on based on two simple values, work hard, and support your teammates. The ripples of Ross's life will continue to touch thousands of people he never met long after we're all gone. I, for one, can say with complete confidence, my life would not be the same without him. We are celebrating the life today of a profoundly decent man, the best coach and teammate anyone could have. Thanks for listening. This is John Bacon on Let Them Lead. Please tell your friends, subscribe, and leave a review, and keep it going. Thank you very much. See you next time. You've been listening to Let Them Lead, a podcast about the risks and rewards of leading today with your host, John U. Bacon, author of Let Them Lead, Unexpected Lessons in Leadership from America's Worst High School Hockey Team. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode, got a few laughs, and picked up some insights you can use tomorrow and think about for years. Please feel free to leave your comments about any and all of the podcast episodes, and by all means, spread the word. Please join us again for another fun, fast, and fulfilling serving of Let Them Lead.